Welcome listeners to the Thundercast. I'm your host, Connor Sanders, joined today by special guest Hayden Coombs. Hayden, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm feeling rejuvenated after our one-day fall break. One-day fall break, a life-changing experience for many of us. (laughs) Yeah, we actually only have five weeks left of school now until we go online. I know, I was just looking, well, I was just in one of my classes and they were talking about like turning in our final projects and stuff, and I was like, but the syllabus, we haven't talked about the syllabus yet? (laughs) (laughs) That's what it felt like, at least, it's like 40 days. Yeah, We have one Jesus fast worth of time until... (laughs) (laughs) 40 days and 40 nights until the semester is over. I can't believe it. It feels strange. But good news about getting closer to the end of the semester is that we are also inching closer toward basketball season. Today we have our women's basketball preview for the 2020-2021 season. A lot to look forward to. Very interesting team, a lot of turnover. Before we get into that, let's talk about just a a few developments around campus, around the NCAA. Um, Last week the NCAA announced that um, it will be rewarding another year of eligibility to all competitors in winter sports this season Hayden um, what does that mean in terms of SU athletics why why does that uh, that new year of eligibility really matter well essentially this year is a do-over every single player who maybe have was previously planning on redshirting or sitting out the year they don't have to now yeah um, so they're gonna be able to practice differently compete differently when games start playing um, the other way to look at it is everyone who was a freshman last year is a freshman again this year, yep. right? Um, so, I mean, whether you look at it as two freshman seasons, two sophomore seasons, these uh, student athletes have a whole extra year to compete. Um, really good news for everyone in, who's in college right now. Probably not a worse time to be a high school athlete trying yes. to get a Division One scholarship. Um, so... The, the other way to look at this too as well is just because you have another year to compete doesn't necessarily mean you get your scholarship for another year. Exactly. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see how all the, the teams at this level kind of handle this big change. Exactly. Do you kind of give a fringe player who's maybe not playing as much, do you renew their scholarship? Do you ask them to move on? Um, with the way that transfers are, are moving uh, more quickly, there's going to be a lot of players that just move on yeah uh, they just never leave their footprint on a program just don't even use a year of eligibility just move right on well and what i think we might see is a lot of the men and women who are seniors this year um who could still contribute at a high level to a bigger school i think we'll see a lot of them move on to bigger schools and su will just kind of recycle like we have restart yeah. with more you know a new freshman class um, but there will be, uh, for a lot of those higher-tiered athletes, uh, easier opportunities to move to bigger schools. And that means that you will be able to poach the the best available of the, the pool we usually pick from, usually right. D1 experienced players that didn't quite get settled in or had to move on because of other reasons, or your... Um, your big sky types, you're just your big sky conference type players. And right. um, we shouldn't complain too much about transfers because SU has benefited hugely from transfers um, on the men's and women's side over the last two years. But yeah, I wanted to make note of that new eligibility requirement or um, renewal, I guess, because that's just, that could, this is the kind of thing that maybe could change the face of 
NCAA athletics forever. Like, does this go back oh, to absolutely. normal? Um, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. And, and um, also last week, um, this is a smaller bit of news, but I think important um, just follow up to the men's basketball preview we released on a Thundercast last week. Um, the six foot nine transfer from LSU, Cortez Cooper, was ruled eligible last week. Got a waiver to play this season. Uh, Coach Todd Simon working his magic. Don't know how he he gets it, but he he gets these players Strike eligible. Again. He he's done it again. Um, and Cortez, we talked a little bit about him on the podcast last week, but weren't sure about his eligibility. But yes, he will be contributing. Um, big strong defensive player uh you got a chance to, to look at him what do you think of when you think of Cortese Cooper um like you just said he is big he is long I think defensively he can contribute right away I think he might still be a year or two away from being an offensive threat but on this men's team where there are so many offensive threats that's fine you yeah. know having a guy that just is going to come in here catch lobs block shots rebound that's enough on a team as deep as they are. Yeah, that's something we talked about last week. Um, one of the only concerns I had for the team was rim protection on mm-hmm. the defensive end and securing rebounds um, and bringing in this 6'9 dude who I think Coach Simon said has a 7'5 wingspan. That'll definitely help to to block shots at the rim and to secure offensive and defensive rebounds. So excited for SU men's basketball to have him eligible. Um, and then just around campus this week for the first time since March, SU Athletics competed in an official NCAA-sanctioned mm-hmm. event um, as the men's and women's cross-country team um, competed at Oklahoma State last week. Um, let's see, the men's and women's teams both competed well. The, the Lady T-Birds finished second at the event. There were some pretty big-name schools there, Oklahoma State. Um, I know BYU was there and quite a few other good, solid teams. So SU finishing second there. Um, on the women's side, and then the men finishing fourth overall. Um, Allison Prey, who is returning for her second senior season, one of those um, uh, athletes that got their eligibility renewed, finished fifth in the event. And then Julieta Navarrete Lamas uh, secured 11th overall for the Thunderbirds. And on the men's side, finishing fourth, um, Christian Ricketts was the fastest for SUU, clocking in at 24 minutes and 20 seconds, which was 17th place, and then not far behind. Nate Osterstock uh, finishing in 20th place. So congratulations to SU Cross Country. It's just nice to have something on that SUTWords.com homepage other than a, right. a Q&A or a, a profile. I actually have some events going on. Profile, podcast, something like that. No, I actually am really interested in watching Allison to co- compete this year because I think she's legitimately got a real shot at winning conference. Yeah, and she qualified for nationals last year. Unfortunately, yeah. wasn't able to compete. Um, definitely a an athlete to keep an eye on. All right, I think that's enough of the news. Let's just dive right into our women's basketball preview for the 2020-2021 season. Um, First, a bit of context. Last year, head coach Tracy Sanders in her second season led SU to an 18-13 finish, which is the best since SU won the Big Sky Conference, I believe in 2012-2013. Finished 11-9 in conference this season. Uh, which put them at sixth place in the Big Sky Conference, which was I, that's one of the highest finishes we've had since that, mm-hmm. since winning the conference in the regular season. Um, beat Weber State in round one of the conference tournament, and then lost to Idaho State in I think that was the last game played before before everything before shut the, down. Yeah, all the cancellations happened. Um, so now we're heading into Tracy Sanders' third season. She went eight and twenty-three her first year, so through two years, twenty-six and thirty-six overall. 
um, which is a pretty impressive number considering the team she took over finished 3-27 and the season before. Um, Tracy Sanders has done a great job with the program, brought a lot of new talent in and uh, trained a lot of new players. Um, I think just developed them into their best selves. Yeah, for sure. You can't talk about last season without talking about Rebecca Cardenas, who finished first team um, in the All-Big Sky Conference awards last season, was given the Defense Player of the Year award, led the conference in points per game. And I think that was a situation where because she won Defensive Player of the Year, it worked against her in Conference Player player of the Year. year, Um, Definitely, she was deserving of that award. And it's not just because I love Becca with all my heart, but she... She had a special season. Was amazing. Yeah, it was unreal. Um, We're going to be talking about that performance for a long time because she put her team on the back every single game got buckets in tough situations, played amazing defense. How many games did she keep us in just by getting a random steal Let's while see. someone was bringing up the... How <laughs> many games did we win? 18? I would say she kept us in 18 of them. <laughs> <laughs> so many moments where she just get like a little steal, get a, save a loose ball, make a super tough shot. Yeah. Some crazy and one or crazy three-point shooter. Uh, definitely a player SU will miss. Um, a generational player for sure. Yeah. Once once in a, once every five, 10 years kind of kind of performer. Um, also losing another big contributor, Harley Hansen, who was Big Sky Honorable Mention um, and was in top scan 10 for scoring across the conference. A really good wing player, transferred from Snow College. Um, Helped open up the court a lot with a the three-point shooting. Yeah, they ran a lot of kind of backdoor uh, screens to her, get her open in the corner. Um, also at times led the team in steals. I yeah. can't remember if she finished the season first or not, but her and Becca were kind of going back and forth for that honor. Yeah, so... Those are your two, I think, the foundational offensive players that you have to replace um, That in terms of graduating. Also, Ashley Larson, who played a big defensive role, lost a lot of the season due to injury, but um, played in some big games, had some big moments. Uh, yeah. Another kind of defensive anchor. Um, and between her and, Re- and Rebecca Cardenas, I mean, just long-term faces have been of, the, here a long time. of the school, yeah. Um, so you lose those two kind of uh, foundational pieces those kind of faces of your team um which kind of leaves a void of leadership which i think we'll talk about a bit later also had a a few players transfer at the end of last season uh most notably shaylin fano who uh led the team in rebounding uh it's elected to transfer to uvu i I was very impressed by shay fano um you were a big shay fan i mean we all were she she came on really really strong once conference play started Um, not only strong rebounder she hit a lot of big shots for us as well a true freshman coming in starting from day one um average 9.7 points per game and 5.7 rebounds that was she was huge um for SU so losing her especially to UVU an in-state rival um who SU beat last season especially heartbreaking yeah, this wasn't like a step up she's transferring to a, a bigger better program yeah we all. we kept joking like, oh, well, she's finally going to BYU, right? BYU finally wants her. No, she went to UVU, um, where SU has former assistant coach there, so there's some connections. Um, that's a big loss. That's that's going to be one yeah. that will be tough to replace. I, I thought she was a kind of a future Big Sky Performer of the Year. Definitely. Um, she was your, your Becca Cardenas generational talent type. Um, so it's really unfortunate to lose her. Also, another starting – two more starting players that transferred. Uh, Claudia Armato, who – uh, was one of the first Australian players on campus uh, elected to transfer to the University of Alabama at Birmingham, going to UAB. 
Um, yeah. And I mean, if Claudia did nothing else, the fact that she was be able to be on the floor, bring the ball up court, she really opened things up for Becca uh, to operate the way that she did. So, um, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into this when we talk about the the returners and the the season outlook. But definitely, she was a piece looking forward. Kind of thought that she would have a much larger role, yeah. take on a kind of that Becca role moving forward. Yeah, in the same way that Becca was kind of the second guard um, that just played good defense, facilitated the offense her first two seasons at SU, mm-hmm. we expected Claudia to make the jump that Becca made where she became the focal point of the offense. Unfortunately, Claudia, electing to transfer, um, brought a lot of elements to the offense that you, you like to see, had some shooting, also lost some time due to injury unfortunately, but um, she's also electing to move on, and as well as Jess Chapman, who was third on the team in rebounding, so you're losing your top three rebounders um, after this season. Uh, of course, I'm pretty sure Rebecca led the team in rebounding last season, too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a fair assumption. So losing a lot of, of rebounding there, Jess electing to transfer to Utah State after starting her career at BYU. Um so try and replace her. She's kind of a good three and D power forward option when you needed her. Um, so let's move forward to <laughs> those who elected to stick around. Um, I don't want to say that the the cabinet is is thin, but there's a lot of those players you expected to be key contributors this season just aren't here. Um, yeah. But we've got some good options, some players that that played a big role last season that I think will be able to fill in an even even bigger role this season. Um, the first name that comes to mind is Dari Franzen, who is a local hero. Um, her mom played it at, at SU, is iconic player. I think the leading, either leading scorer or the leading rebounder in SU history. So, um, what do you think Dari brings to the team this season? What, how do you think her role will need to increase? So, over the last four years, on and off, you know, because she had a, a LDS mission thrown in there, Dari has been one of the most exciting players at SEU. Yes. And she's very active when she's on the floor. She's kind of the lead by example type. Um, but her time has certainly come where this is going to be very much her team at times. She's got to step up. She's got to figure out, you know, um, maybe be a little more vocal yeah. in her role as a leader. Um, and instead of just kind of relying on, you know, being that energy player, she needs to produce more on the court. And I think she will. Of all the yeah. players I've watched during practice, she seems like she has made uh, quite the significant jump. Yeah, I think last season she gave just a lot of those like energy, tough rebounds. Um, she could hit a little open, short jumper every once yeah, in a while. Yeah, within 15 feet, she's she's solid. Yeah, and I think they'll ask her to, to do a little more pick and pop um, stuff this season and as well as just crashing the boards. One thing I've been really impressed with is uh, in the practices I've seen is how she's extended her range. Um, she looks pretty comfortable shooting the three. So that, yeah, that would be massive. Yes, that huge would... for SE is once again, like you said, we'd look to replace Becca and Harley who... And Shefana who... And Shay who are the three biggest, you threes, know. Yeah. That that does bring a nice floor spacing option if Dari's able to step out a little bit more. I think she's going to be a starter from day one. Yeah. Uh, just foundational kind of piece. Yeah. Um, I mean, and things just kind of 
flow more when she's on the court. She's a calming presence, especially for a lot of our newcomers and young girls on yeah, the team. And she she's got a little bit of that like rim protector energy. She'll block a shot if yeah. you if you bring something weak in there. And she um, she doesn't back down at all. I mean, you could throw Cortese Cooper against her and she would just smile and say, okay, let's do this. So yes. really good attitude. I, I'm interested to see what kind of example she sets for the team. I think she's one of the only seniors on the roster. Um, as And she's one of the only seniors who's been here for her whole uh, college career. So definitely think she'll be a, a leader type of player that, mm-hmm. that the rest of the team will look to. Um, she's a very, very nice person. Uh, I, I wonder what the intensity will be like. I don't, I don't mean to challenge Daria or say that she isn't intense, but I mean, I just know Becca is one of the most intense people ever. Like if she was kind of the leader of practice, mm-hmm. uh, how this is not only a point for Dari, just for the team in general, who steps up into that void to kind of challenge people? Who's the one that is going to be standing up for their teammates? Um, when, when hard fouls and things happen, I think Dari kind of has to step into that role. Yeah. Well, on that note, one player that I have seen be a more vocal leader is Becca Black. Yeah. She, she one of our, our returners, she uh, came to SU last year from San Francisco. Yes. Um, another Australian player um, where maybe she doesn't have the biggest role in the offense um, like Dari will have. But in practice, she has been very vocal uh, very active, trying to get people involved. Uh, I, I think she is taking on uh, quite the leadership role this year. Yeah, I think um, Beck Black's another player I'm really excited about because we didn't really get to see her ever at full strength last season. No. Um, she's yeah. coming off a really, really serious injury during her time at USF. Um, I don't know if she'll ever get back to full strength after what she's experienced, but now with a little bit more time, a little bit more assurance with your body, I mm-hmm. think um, she'll be able to play an even bigger role. And I just love watch, watching Beck Black play. She'll go and get a tough rebound. She'll set a really tough screen on somebody. Um, kind of has like an enforcer role. Yeah, any player that uh, plays with knee pads, elbow pads, and a mouth guard, like this is straight 1980s. I'm, going to be a fan. I'm in. I'm there for that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, still a lot to work on, I think, offensively for her, but I think that she definitely will have a role to play this season, especially because I think there there's a little, a bit of a drop off after the, not a drop off. I think that the front court is going to be an area where depth will be challenged um, For sure. on this roster. There's well, a lot and, of and, young And make players. no mistake, this is an exciting roster with tons of potential, but this team will be picked to finish last in the conference, yeah. right? Just based on the fact that you lose Becca, Harley, Ashley, Shea, all in one year. I mean, any team would have a hard time recovering from that. But uh, that being said, it, it's there's still a lot of reason to be excited and come out and watch. And I think, like you're saying, players like Dari, Becca, uh, stepping into bigger roles, th- those are some of those reasons to, to come out and cheer. Yeah, I mean, the, the six players we mentioned that they lost were all starters. Yeah. Um, at various points throughout the season. If one guy injured, the other one stepped up and started for them. So it is not going to be easy. This is going to be very tough. No, and that's a common thing you hear in college athletics. You ask any coach, what is the hardest year of a rebuild? And they will say year three. You finally have got most of the other kids you inherited out mm-hmm. of the program. There's always that surge of, um, I don't know if you want to call it passion or excitement when a new college coach comes in and all the returning yeah. players play harder. You get those young players coming in, trying to prove themselves. 
year three is always difficult. Year three was difficult for Todd Simon. Yeah. Like, so, you know, you, you want to temper expectations and not act like this team is going to, you know, be competing for an NCAA tournament spot. But instead, this is one of those years where it's going to be like, okay, let's find the playmakers. Yeah, I think Coach Sanders still has high expectations for this team, but I think there's kind of an unspoken understanding that things won't be the same no. um, as last season. That being said, she is such a phenomenal coach that I still think any team yeah. that she coaches is going to compete. Even that first year when they went eight and twenty-three, how many games did they just barely lose? Yeah, you know, just slipped through so their fingers. So by that coaching staff alone, you're they're good for five six wins. Yeah, I want to talk more about this when we get to a little prediction segment toward the end, but we'll come back to it. I think that this team has a lot of potential. Um, I want to mention as well. I think Maddie Eaton. Uh, who had a pretty spectacular freshman season, uh, will have a huge role to play this time around. Um, Three-point specialist, just a really great catch-and-shoot option, left-hander as well. Um, ended up starting five games for SU last season, averaged 7.4 points per game, which was fourth on the team. Um, think that she will probably take on a starting role yeah. in the backcourt and will have, be asked to do a lot more offensive, offensively. Excuse me. Yeah, I think Maddie gives us a lot to be excited about too. Um, she's more than just the three-point specialist. I think, you know, like you said, she averaged 7.4 last year, came off the bench in most games, but she did have a couple really big games where she hit really big shots and scored in double digits. Yeah. Um, and I think any time a player's given more of a green light, um, her points per game, her rebounds, those are, are all set to go up. Yeah, you can almost tell... Like when a freshman hits the court for the first time, you can tell like, okay, this player's ready or they're not. Or they yeah. need more time. Maddie Ian was one of those players that the first time she touched the ball, I was like, okay, this is a four-year right. contributor right, right. here. Um, and I think that with more of a green light, she'll make more opportunities. I, the one thing I'd ask, I want to see maybe improve or just maybe her, the challenge she'll have this season is creating her own shot. Um, a lot of times opponents last season were content to let Maddie Eaton dribble the ball because mm-hmm. it, it, it's tougher for her to get her own looks but she had a really good example um and and, and Becca once again we're always talking about Becca and, and how to get your own shot as a smaller yeah. player um I think that that will be a, a key to pushing the offense forward if if there are, I worry that there will be those kind of late shot clock struggles um that we've seen at SGU in seasons past this season I think Maddie Eaton's going to end up with the ball in a lot of those situations she's going to have to yeah. hoist the shot up um, and see what she can make happen. So I, I think those are the core returners um, that we'll see the most of this season. There's three other players coming back that I'm not sure what kind of role they'll have just because they didn't really have a huge role last season. Um, Rita Satini, who's going into her sophomore season, uh, had a limited role, played a little bit if somebody got into foul trouble or if there was a blowout. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she you can trust with the ball in their hands, get the ball past half court. Yeah, I think she brings a lot um, in terms of energy into practice. I know she's a a player that Coach Sanders trusts quite a bit, um, thinks that she will have a, a role to play in, in maybe leading the second unit or maybe even can earn a starting job as the season wears on. Um, Alexa Lord uh, was a walk-on last season. believe she's going to have a bigger role this season. Um, not sure what that will look like. I, I think Alexa Lord, yeah, she's a shooter. She brings you something, a little something offensively. If you're playing too much Alexa Lord, um, that might be a little... Uh, challenging for SU, just yeah. I mean, uh, Alexa, when you you talk to any of her teammates, 
they all speak just glowingly of her because nobody works harder. No yeah. one spends more time in the gym. She was a walk-on awarded scholarship and uh, she's uh, she, she's a player that really, really pushes and helps during practice. There's nothing wrong in saying this is a player that's more beneficial in a practice situation yes. than in a game situation. And, but boy, do I love when Tracy just takes out the five starters and throws the five kids at the end of the bench in oh, to, to light a fire under them. Yeah. And Alexa Lord's the one that will get you buckets during those little stretches. Well, yeah, and, and they can too, right? Yeah. Like the, these girls are going to come in and they're going to play their tails off. And well, every single minute will be fought for. Yeah, absolutely. And what a culture that that creates. Yeah. Um, Speaking of culture, I, I want to talk about a player who's been here for a, lot, a while, um, Megan Camps, going into her redshirt senior year. Um, I think backup center is going to be a position where SU will need some help. Um, we'll talk about one of the newcomers soon, but um, just the second unit, I think that there will be some rim protection needed. I'm not sure what role she'll play. I know she's been injured in the past, um, but we'll see what she can contribute this season going into her redshirt senior year. All right, let's move into some of the new contributors. Um, the first one that jumps off the page when you pull up SU Women's Basketball's roster page, the first name that jumps off the page to me is senior Liz Graves. Um, she's a 5'10 guard, spent her first two seasons of her athletic career or of her collegiate career at BYU um, and then transferred before her junior year to Weber State where she led the team with 11 points per game. Also led the team in steals and was second on the team in rebounds with 5.7. Also notably, the sister, older sister of Maddie Eaton, who, I mean, Liz would not have transferred here if we did not have Maddie. I think that's pretty safe to say. And we will need um, offensive scoring help. And I think that she's the type of player that can immediately arrive and bring that offensive help. Yeah, I think she inherits a starting spot um, where, like you said, there there are a lot of question marks for our backcourt right now. Um, Liz is a proven player. I mean, we got to see her multiple times yeah. here uh, in Cedar City, and it was always fun watching her and Maddie play. In fact, I don't know if you remember, but it was when Weaver came here last year. I had no idea that she was well, yeah, Liz Maddie's, Graves. You don't know. Yeah, I had no idea she was Maddie's sister, and I'm watching, and my six-year-old was the first one to point out, like, hey, those girls look alike. And I was like, nah. holy cow, they've... They've got like <laughs> the same player on both teams, and I'm yeah. watching, and I finally text you or Bryson or Chris or someone, and one of you guys was like, "Yeah, that's her sister," and yep. I was like, "Oh, well, that makes sense." Um, but yeah, where she was uh, the leading scorer at Weber State, she's played in big games. She knows what it's like to have a big role, and on top of that, knows what it's like to compete on a team that isn't winning a lot i think she has a lot to offer this team a lot of of guidance mentorship and someone that like you said uh, i think comes in and starts immediately yeah um i try really hard to not speak adversely of of our su athletic teams here unless they really need to hear it um but i'm happy to talk uh about Weaver State and how bad they were because sometimes <laughs> Liz Graves got the ball and there were 30 seconds for Liz Graves to get a shot sometimes right. on those Weaver State possessions. And I think that... She was uh, on her own a lot. A lot of times. And holy cow, she got some buckets. Yeah. She'll hit a tough shot. She'll, she hits... I remember she hit like a jump stop into the high post fadeaway shot that I was like, wow. Um, I think Liz Graves will bring a lot 
another player I think in those kind of low clock situations where you just you just need something or one of those possessions where you're like it's a six point game we don't really know <laughs> what we need to do we're just gonna give you the ball and let you figure it out I think she can create her own shot um, and like you said I think she brings a good element of leadership and, and if times don't go well this season I think she will be a very calming presence for sure reminding the young guys like hey this is the reason why we're struggling now. So you guys will be good. You know, we're going to go yeah. through these tough times. Um, and she wants to be here. Um, and given what happened at the end of last season, I think you really just care about players that want to be here. She chose to transfer here right. to be with her sister. She's going to give it her best effort in her last season. Well, And make no mistake. She didn't come here to lose either. Yeah. You know, she, she didn't come here thinking, okay, this is going to be a down year. We got 10 new faces, right? No, like she's going to come in here and compete, and I think she's going to be a big reason why this team could push for a 500 record. Absolutely. Um, got a lot of new players to cover and not a lot of time. It's just so many new faces on this team. I think the next player we really need to talk about is Sharita Daughtery, who is a 5'10 junior transferring from Lower Columbia College, where she averaged 9.9 .9 points per game and 4.6 assists. Um, seems like a lead ball handler type uh, creator that can get her own shot maybe create a little bit for others. Yeah. Uh, another player I see having a pretty big contribution uh, yeah. immediately. I, th I think she's a, a difference maker from day one. She actually started her college career at Idaho okay. before she bounced back to uh, lower Columbia. So Idaho is a very good women's basketball program. Very good. And so that that's another player who has already been in big games, knows what it's like to compete. So uh, she really is the equivalent of having you know, a, a player that's been in the program for a few years already. She's tough. She's real smart with the ball. Um, I think she is not only our primary ball handler, I would say she is the legitimate ball handler okay. on this team. Um, I think there's there's a, a drop-off after C. Um, she's... And it's not that, you know, the rest of the players aren't good, aren't working hard, but I do see her kind of in a, a different tier as the rest of the point guards. Yeah, when you have um, a 5'10 starting guard at at this level, you actually have quite a bit of size in the starting lineup, which I think is something that uh, Coach Sanders will use to her advantage, especially Becca was generously listed as 5'5", five, five, I think. Yeah, generously. Um, and so Sharita brings a little bit more size to that that primary ball handler just position. Just think of how much length that is at the top of your defense, too. At the top of that key, you got someone that's 5'10", yeah. you know, kind of dictating what direction the ball moves. Um, and most, she's athletic, yeah. so I, I think defensively alone, she's going to make a big impact. Yeah, um, I think she'll be... I think as the season wears on, it'll become Sharita's team more and more. Yeah, I could see that. Um, that she'll just take ownership of it and... and make big plays and big moments. I think she has that kind of some, you just need that kind of sauce. You need that like swagger, yeah. uh, that confidence to, to go get a bucket. I think she's got that. Um, next big contributor I see is Skyly Doman, who is a red shirt junior, five foot eight, another guard, I think might be Sharita's primary backup um, returning from her LDS mission. Do you know where she served? I don't know Doesn't where really she matter. served off the top of my head. I know she's originally from Oregon because that was my connection with her there before her mission. I was pumped to have another Oregon kid here on campus. But uh, another player who has seen a lot here at SEU yeah. in her two years. Um, she, she's uh, 
she's excited to be back here. She's excited to be back on the team. There's always that question with female student athletes. Are these women going to come back from their LDS missions and want to play still? Yeah. Because they're way more likely to not finish out their um, their eligibility as uh, male student athletes are. So we're really excited to see Skyly back and, uh, you know, looking at two, three more years as a T-Bird. Yeah. Um, average 5.4 points per game in the season before she left and four rebounds also played 28 minutes per game. So she was like substantial. This is not like, you know, just some end of the bench. Like she was a, a big contributor. Yeah. Sixth, um, seventh player off, you know? Yeah. I mean, 30 so. minutes a game, that's a lot. So, uh, I think she'll have a big role to play. Um, and I think that if anybody in the starting lineup falters, Skyly is the one that will be coming for their spot. Absolutely. Um, yeah, a really Another player, player that seems to just be pretty adored by her teammates as well. Yeah, I think she also brings a nice element for Dari. We talked about how chemistry really plays so much into the success of a team. I think her and Dari will get along great, and uh, they'll have a nice little connection. Two players that have played together before, yeah. right? Let's keep going. Um and I might get some pronunciations wrong, just official pronunciation guides aren't, aren't out yet, but Briar Tronier, I would say. Mm-hmm. Tronier, is it French? Tronier. 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 Uh, a 6'2 junior forward transferring from Chandler Gilbert Community College where she averaged 13.7 points per game and 9.8 rebounds, almost a double-double. Um, I think she just brings a, a big rebounding presence and some toughness yeah. to that second unit. She's she's had some moments in practice when I've gone, man. She. <laughs> There are times I've gone to practice and she has looked like the undisputed best player on the on the floor. There's times we've gone to practice and I've been like, oh my gosh, did she just break that girl's nose? You know? <laughs> yeah. She is tough. She is fun to watch. Um, already my favorite player on the team and I've only watched her <laughs> practice a handful of times. Um, when SU first introduced her, the, the quote that stuck with me was uh, she was a big Dennis Rodman fan, wants to fill that okay. role, you know. So obviously every team needs that. But also, I mean, Dennis Rodman never sniffed 14 points per game in college. So this is a, a player that can also get buckets at times. Yeah, I think um, obviously it'll be a jump in the level of competition she's facing. So 6'2 forward at the community college level, how different is that for 6'2 forward at the Big Sky level? Um, but I know she's going to come and give it her all. And I think that's another player that's going to win teammates over. For uh, sure. Beck Black type and for sure. I guess she's going to be tough. Like, SU, maybe we won't win as many games this last season, but you're not going to come in here and get anything easy. Yeah, no season. one's going to push them around, for sure. Um, we got to keep bombing through this. I didn't mean to bury the lead on this, but this might be the biggest acquisition or the most important acquisition of the whole offseason. Um, Lizzie Williamson, a redshirt freshman, six foot five center transferring from Utah State. Um, six foot five center never really had a player that tall in the last few seasons. This brings a new post element yeah, for, for Tracy, sure. who was a post player during her college career. Um, Our post players have developed phenomenally yes. under the the Tracy Sanders uh, tenure as as head coach here. So Lizzie is just pure potential, yeah. right? That is a player that um, from a potential standpoint is is a mid to high major player. Um, I think we probably see her as a, in a starting role this yeah, year. I think so too. I think conditioning uh, is probably the biggest concern right now as she gets acclimated to the speed of the college game. Um, like you said, she comes from at USU, but she redshirted, didn't play there. Yeah. And so 
Um, that being said, when when she puts it together and figures it out, she will be a problem in the big sky. Yeah, you you never get. I mean, it's not you shouldn't say never, but a six foot five freshman in the transfer portal that's a huge pickup. Yeah. Um, no matter what level you're at, so we're excited to see what she can offer. I know Coach Sanders has been very encouraged by what she's seen. Um, gonna just bomb through the next group of players. They're all just freshmen um, coming in. Just freshmen. Just freshmen. <laughs> I think some will have a role to play. I'm not sure how big the role will be. Some might have bigger role to play in some games. Some might just never get off the bench. Who knows? Um, Dea Balena is the first one that, or Bayena, sorry, pronunciation guards aren't out. Um, she's 5'8 freshman guard. I think she'll be kind of a, a third creator. She's mm-hmm. the one where I'm like, well, who's going to be? Is going to be you or Rita Satini? It's yeah. kind of that like off the bench microwave scorer type. This is a player that had tons of success in high school and on the AAU circuit. So some of this really going to be interesting to watch yeah. moving forward. When I talked to Coach Sanders. She was very high on Dea and, and what she can offer. Um, Sam Johnston, the six foot guard um, from Cedar City. Uh, she is obviously the coach's daughter. She's Trey Sanders' daughter. Uh, graduated a year early um, to come play Division One, and we talked about the new NCAA rules. I think they benefit her more than anybody she basically gets a a free freshman season yeah she was a high school senior playing at the d1 level yeah she was planning on on redshirting right now she doesn't have to um i guess technically she could but why when she can play still um that she's sam's really good sam's a really really good player (laughs) she's she's young um obviously she's got to mature physically still to be able to hold up to an entire division one season but this is going to be a player that, you know, SU talks about for years, like we talk about Becca, like we talk about Haley Mandelko, right? Yeah, I think uh, Sam's got POTY potential. For sure. Um, we'll see how Sam, or her, her mom uses her. I think with the incentive to not have to redshirt, I think we might see a lot more Sam than yeah. we were initially expecting coming into the season, which is a good sign for SU wins basketball fans because she's – we talked about that sauce, that kind of spice, that special mm-hmm. ability, that just like inherent talent. Sometimes you need, Sam's got that. And also uh, another perk is she's going to put fans in the stands. Yeah. I mean, people, people in love Cedar, Cedar, Cedar City have come out for the last <laughs> two years. She won two state championships for Cedar High. Like, She's already a local legend. Yeah. And so lots of people are going to be interested to watch her play for the next four or five years. Yes. We'll see what Sam can bring. Um, three freshmen who I'm not sure what role they'll play. Maybe my red shirt. Um, we'll see. Piper Thornberry is a freshman forward, six foot two, uh, from Canberra, Australia. Excited to have her. We'll see what she can bring. Um, Camille Carpenter, a five foot ten freshman guard, I believe from Washington. A walk on as a well. A walk on. Okay. And then Kinsley Barrington, uh, six foot one forward from Timfew, which is where Shefano went. Um, we'll see what she can bring. I think she's the one out of those three that I kind of think. If we get to the end of the bench and Tracy needs somebody, uh, Kinsley's name might be the one that she calls. Um, Kinsley and Piper both are vo- both very high potential players, right? These yeah. are these are players that, like you said, player of the year potential. Yeah, why not? Um, but once again, it's going to take some time putting it all together. Yeah, and there's just only so many minutes that can be played. I think that there will be a lot of competition for those minutes. Uh, y- you look at this roster, and it's so different. Mm-hmm than it was, you know, four years ago when we sit down, we look at the the roster, we look at the schedule, 
And it's just like, oh my gosh, we're only going to win three or four games. Like, where do we go from here? How do you rebuild? Do you just start fresh? Do you hit the transfer portal? I look at this roster, and yeah, once again, like we said, this maybe not be the team that competes for a Big Sky Championship this year, but there's a lot to be excited about. Lots yeah. of good pieces and so much potential for this squad. Like in a year or two from now, looking back at this, we're just going to be in awe, I think, of how a lot of these players have developed. Yeah, round of applause to Tracy Sanders, to Katie Grace, to Haley Mandelko, that coaching staff, to Jay. I mean, it's just they got dealt such a, a horrendous hand. Mm -hmm. And you had to pivot in so many ways. So the fact that they have a roster just to be excited about. The is fact that they have won 26 games in the last two years is such a testament of that coaching staff. Like they inherited legitimately one of the worst teams in Division I sports. Like, yeah, a three win team. A three win team. And in two years, they were competing for the conference title. Like that's unreal. Unreal yeah. how how fast they've been able to rebuild this program. And Katie will also have a, a an even bigger role. She's been promoted to the associate head coach position. So yeah, um, I'm really excited about what the coaching staff can do with these guys with this team. Um, Want to say just three keys to the season that I I think we'll kind of have to keep an eye on. These are the things we'll come back to about if the team is struggling or if they're doing successful. It's probably because they're accomplishing these things. I think dominating the post offensively and defensively is going to be really tough for this season. If Lizzie Williamson doesn't get up to speed quickly, if she ever is injured, if she ever, ha ever has foul trouble, um, offensively, I just don't know what the post scoring will be like. Mm -hmm. If we'll be able to get easy shots near the basket and if we'll be able to protect the rim on our own end um, uh, as well. Uh, I also am a little bit curious just about shot creation, what that'll look like, situations where things break down, where they can't get out in transition, where they can't get into their usual set what happens you know who's gonna, right. who's gonna take the shot who's gonna make something happen and then we talk about this over and over leadership um you just because the team's going to start during thanksgiving break when everyone else goes home they're just gonna by that nature just be around each other a lot mm -hmm. um, they're gonna have to really like each other um, really believe in each other not have any practice fights not any in the locker room disputes or anything like that they're gonna really need to to keep together i don't know Right now, it sounds like Beck Black is kind of taking that role. I'm not really sure who's going to be that kind of step-up leader that you turn to when things go wrong. That's something interesting to watch out for as the season goes on. Absolutely. I, I would say my biggest question mark moving into the season is offense. Yeah. I think based just on toughness, um, based on the, the experience they have returning, I think they'll figure it out on defense. I think they'll be able to work out those kinks early in the season. Uh, but like you said, so many of these players are those high potential players, but you still need to put the ball in the hoop. You still need someone that can get you the ball in the right spaces. Yep. You still need someone who's going to keep the defense honest. And that is, I guess, the, the, the biggest concern for me moving forward is who is going to make the ball start to roll on the offensive side of things. Because yeah. you, you can't just leave it all on one player. Like you said, we saw that with Weaver State last year. You can't just toss the ball to one player and say, okay, go, and everyone just yeah. stands and watches. Yeah, I hope that doesn't happen this season. I hope Liz Graves doesn't just relive her, <laughs> her Weaver experience. <laughs> um, I think that we'll, we're a lot better than Weaver was last season. I think we'll see that. Um, projected rotation, I think Charita is your your starting guard. Mm -hmm. um, I think Matt Eaton's your, your most common two. Um, 
I think Liz Graves the three, Dari France in the four, and Lizzie Williams in the five. Yeah, I'd much agree with that. There. Um, I agree with that starting line. I think their core rotation, um, you're going to see Beck Black, you're going to see Briar Tronier, you're going to see Skyly Doman. Um, and from then on, I think it's kind of up in the air. I think that um, between Daya and uh, Rita Satini, they'll kind of battle for that backup point guard spot. Megan Camps will probably come in and play off the bench. And then the freshman, just whoever emerges, whoever is playing the best at that time, um, will come in and contribute. But I think in terms of predictions, it's hard to predict a top half finish. Um, don't think that they'll really be pushing for a buy or anything like that. No. But I think that this is the exact kind of team that will surprise somebody in the first round of the Big Sky Conference tournament. Yeah, absolutely. And once again, um, I know I've already said this twice, three times, but coaching alone is going to keep this team competitive yeah. in every single game, um, especially with how weird our season is where we're going to get back-to-back home games against one team then be on the road against their travel partner for back-to-back games. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, we could have like a Montana come here and we lose that first game by, you know, 13, 14 points, then our coaching staff is going to have three days to sit there and scheme and figure out what changed and see them immediately back on the court against this team on Saturday. Um, I I really think this team has the potential to split a lot of those matchups. Yeah. I think um, the closer they get to to 500 is really the, the top level. If they can eclipse 500, that'd be a massive success. Um, but just competing, floating near that 500 mark will be huge. All that really matters is how these players develop going forward. Um, but yeah, I think with that, that's our episode of the Thundercast. Thank you, Hayden, for joining me. Make sure you listen to last week's preview of the men's basketball team, and we will be back next week with all your SU athletics action. Thank you for listening. See you next week.